You're listening to If These Woods Could Talk, a production of the Rhinelander District Library and part of the WXPR Community Podcast Project, an initiative to amplify community voices. More info can be found at wxpr.org. This conversation with Mitch Mode was recorded on Tuesday, February 20th, a day before the start of the American Berkebiner ski event traditionally held between Cable and Hayward, Wisconsin. Obviously, the weather this year has been unusual, to say the least. Few adaptations to the course this year. The event is still on, and Mitch will be skiing in his 46th consecutive American Berkebiner. mode and I've I worked down actually own Mel's trading post and we've uh, sold skis here I've been skiing all my life downhill or cross country and we're here to talk about the American Berkebiner which is going on this weekend a couple days now and um, one that I've had some experience with and uh, that's where we'll, that's where we'll start American Berkebiner is a cross-country ski race it's a distance ski race uh, in, in a good year runs point A to point B, in this case in the Cable area, and finishes on the Main Street in downtown Hayward. It is a inspired by a race in Norway. And the race in Norway, the American, or the, the Norwegian Berkebiner now, uh, commemorates a uh, event during the Civil War, hundreds of years ago in Norway, where um, uh, soldiers called Berkebiners, birch leggers because they used birch to protect their legs from the deeper snow, uh, during the uh, Civil War, carried the newborn prince, Prince Hakanen, over a mountain pass to safety and, 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 and kept the prince, the infant, from being captured and or killed by, uh, by forces that they were opposed to. That was, a, that was the original Berkebiner. It's still run in Norway, uh, in the towns of Littlehammer and Reina. And years ago, now 50-plus, uh, Tony Weiss, who owned Telmark Lodge in northern Wisconsin, the, the Cable, Wisconsin area, uh, had an inspiration to, to do that race here. And so he started the American Berkebiner, the uh, uh, ski race, uh, using the, the Norwegian one as, as a model based on distance. It's about 50 kilometers, 55 kilometers, depends on how you cut it, which uh, runs in that 30, 30-plus 30 mile range. And it is the American version of the Norwegian race. The Norwegian race has been going on for a longer time, certainly. This year, 2024, commemorates the 50th running of the American race. There's been a couple of years where it has been canceled. So that's an explanation of the American Berkmeyer, where it came from and, and uh, where it continues. What's your streak look like? You've been attending for some time. Well, I heard about the, the, the Berkey when it first started. It's kind of an urban legend back years ago. I heard about this uh, crazy race over in Telmark. I was cross-country skiing at the time, but not doing any racing. And I've said for years that the, when you first hear about the, the Berkebiner, you quickly divide into two camps, one of which says, 
55 kilometers in on cross-country skis in northern Wisconsin. It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And the other school of thought says, that sounds pretty neat. I want to do that. And that was me. And so uh, I skied for a couple of years trying to get in condition for it and then started to ski it. Um, I've skied 45 consecutive Berkeys now. A couple of them have been canceled. But my streak right now is, is, is 45 and this week going on 46. So how old were you the first one you attended? Uh, well, my age now, less 50 plus years, so I was in my late, in my late 20s, yeah. uh, which was kind of late to get into cross-country skiing, but for a distance uh, skier, that was fine. That's where I was. I was, I was skiing a lot, and I enjoyed skiing, and the thought of, of the challenge of a 50-kilometer ski race in country I was familiar with, very similar over there to what it is here, uh, it just hadn't appealed to me. So I signed up, turned up, and uh, off we went. The rest is history. Can you tell me the most memorable Berkey? Or, or? Well, I have to admit, after doing 45 of them, they, they, really, they really blur. They really blend in. Uh, I remember one race coming across uh, the lake, Lake Hayward, uh, in a freezing drizzle. And I've got a picture of myself from that race. They, they take pictures of skiers and sell them to skiers if you want. That's the one year I bought it. I'm coming through. I literally have a, just a sheet of ice. Um, on my torso, my face, going into this freezing drizzle in the late stages of, of the race. I remember that one really well. In the early days, they started the race up a downhill ski area. So you started, the gun sounded, and you were off, and you climbed uh, Mount Telmark, which Midwestern Mount, I guess. It was a ski hill, downhill ski hill, and it was a long way up and a long way down. Of course, most cross-country skiers can't ski downhill worth a darn. And so it was carnage on the backside of that as people were falling all over the place. Uh, I remember skiing a race where it started snowing at the start of the race and had about eight inches by the end. It was just a slog. Um, I remember races when it was 15 below zero at the start and other races when we finished in temperatures right around 50 degrees. So it's, it's been a long ride. As I said, they, uh, they kind of blur together at a certain point, but uh, there's a few high points through the, through the years. I remember good, good and bad both. Um, so... Yeah, in your experience, is it more, is it, is it pretty competitive? Are the people there competitive? Is it more about the experience of being there? It's both, yes, yes to both. It's a very competitive race for some skiers. It is a very much event-based, experience-based for a lot of other skiers. It is a rare event that you will get world-class skiers lined up in the same race that you get people who ski recreationally half a dozen times a year. Uh, Berkey is open one, uh, come one, come all. And you will get some, this weekend, world-class skiers, and you'll get some recreational skiers uh, who are, are skiing for the first time. Berkey makes room for all those skiers. It's a, it's a pretty open event, democratic event, in the, in the truest sense of the word, where anybody can sign up, anybody can ski it, and, and see what they've got. What's the, uh, what's the crowd like? How many people are there to ski generally? What's the spectator? Well, the crowd is gone. The original, the original crowd, so to speak, which is, let's, let's back it off. The, the original number of entrants was 35 skiers. And 35 skiers actually lined up in Hayward on Lake Hayward and skied to the Telmark Lodge. Since then, the event has grown. They have multiple events. The American Berkebiner, as such, the long race, I believe caps registrations at 7,500 skiers, and they, they fill it every year. A shorter race, the Cordelopet, runs about, in a good year, about 29 kilometers, um, has several thousand skiers. The Prince Hawken, which is a 10-kilometer race, has a few thousand. They have a kids' race, the, which has 
1,500, 2,000 kids show up and race on Main Street. So I think they, the, the Berkey organization will say this year the total number of entrants on, on the various events, the Berkey, the Cordelope, the Prince Hockenden, and the Barney Berker is about 15,000 skiers all told. That's a pile of people. It is a ton of people. <laughs> 50 years is a long time to keep going on end with something. What uh, what do you think makes the Berkey special? What gives it its longevity? Well, the Berkey is a true citizen event. And as I said, there are there are world-class skiers there. And they're, they're, they're wonderful skiers. They, are, they, they, they raise the bar for everybody. But at its heart, the Berkey is a citizen's race. And a citizen's race means anybody off the street that has some ski experience and wants to see what it's like to ski 15 kilometers can sign up and do it. Uh, they, they can sign up for the long race, the short race, skate or classic. It is a true open event for whoever wants to. It's a special event. The other thing that really makes the Berkebiner is the core of volunteers through the years. And the Berkey staff, Berkey organization is top notch. They, they put on a great event. And the skiers, thousands and thousands of them uh, are their heart and heart and soul of that race but what really makes that race go is the core of volunteers off the street people who may or may not ski who show up and volunteer and if you go along the Berkey there are multiple feed stations they're all staffed by people who are volunteering their time stand out in the cold deal with sometimes whiny cross-country skiers and what makes the Berkey special is strong volunteers enthusiastic skiers uh the towns of, of, of Cable and Hayward that on that weekend are all about cross-country skiing. It's a complete different culture change. And uh, so the Berkey is a special event for a number of reasons. But it really comes down to the people that ski it, the people that volunteer, and the people in the community who, for one weekend, are Berkey aficionados. They know it. They love it. They look forward to it. So do you participate in other skiing events throughout the year? Uh, in the old days, I used to do a lot of racing. I, I did a lot of ski events. Now I do the Berkey. Uh, okay. I, in a good year, and this has not been a good year, needless to say, good year I get on skis sometime around Christmas time and get the miles in that I can, show up uh, on that last Saturday of February, ski the Berkey, and then uh, then I'm done. Uh, I've gone from being competitive and, and, and to being not very competitive but still very much aware of the time to just ski in the race to uh, just to get to the finish and, and appreciate it for a very challenging, very difficult event and get the satisfaction that comes from any skier, I think, that completes the race, uh, walks off the course and said, you know, that was a, it was a tough course. I did okay. I got through it. What do you like most about the Berkey? For you, what brings you back? Well, for me, the Berkey is, it, 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 be, it is a very challenging race. And uh, not that many years ago, I went through, you know, I went through a lot of years saying, well, it's a Berkey. I can ski it. I can get through the end. I can do fine. And I was, I, was, I was pretty cavalier about the, the Berkey experience. Uh, as I got older, as I got a lot slower, as I got a lot, lot less conditioned and, and out of shape, um, I started taking the Berkey as just a real, real challenging day. Uh, the Berkey course is not a, it's not a flat course. There's hills throughout the race. There are some big hills late in the race. Uh, in the past five or 10 years, uh, I've walked off that course, beat up at times and, and fatigued at times, and told myself, this, this, is a, this is a hell of a tough event. And um, I get satisfaction from finishing it now after having done 45 of, them, 45 of them. I know people skiing for the first time get a lot of satisfaction from lining up, not knowing what to expect, and having a very, very difficult course. 
And kind of me at 45 years and, and, and the, the first, first time skiers, are, I think, are connected by that uh, sense of satisfaction from accomplishing something that's, that's pretty special uh, on a course that uh, doesn't take any prisoners. And so that, that's kind of where I keep on going back for it, keeping them raising that bar as best I can, you knowing I'm not skiing fast, uh, knowing I'm not skiing well, but I'm, I'm skiing it. And in the good years, I'm completing it, and I want to keep on doing that. And you're still going for a time? Well, I kind of jokingly say I want to, I want to finish race when we're using a stopwatch and aren't using the calendar, and uh, that's that's kind of where I'm now. I get slower every year. I, 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 uh, I don't don't pretend otherwise. I don't delude myself into thinking I can ski it fast. I can ski it. I want to ski it. I want to finish the race. I want to finish the race and say, okay, this is a tough day, but I, I got through it, and. Um, I'll forget about the tough time of it, and next year try to come back and do it again. <laughs> What's different this year with the uh, odd weather? Well, the odd weather is 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 a polite description of what a lot of cross country skiers would uh, would probably modify in words that you couldn't use on <laughs> on your program. It's been it's been a, a pretty much an extraordinarily difficult winter for skiers, and and I'm this 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 program's about skiing, but. Uh, I'm talking about people in the Northwoods who ski or snowshoe, snowbill or ice fish, businesses. This has been just a real, real brutal winter. On the ski front, uh, northern Wisconsin, which usually has great snow, has had mediocre at best snow. People who ski dozens of times are going to the Berkey this week having skied once or twice or three times. The Berkey has, has made a colossal change in direction from all natural snow to all man-made snow. They started bringing snow guns over there, which have been typical of downhill areas for years. The Berkey invested in snowmaking several years ago. The Berkey is run this week on a course that is entirely man-made snow. They made mountains of snow through the through the past months, uh, and in the past week or so, have taken dump trucks and whatever means they could and built a race course where there's never been a race course, where there's no no reason to expect a race course. They have a 10-kilometer loop. It's all man-made snow. Uh, it is solid. And they will start on Wednesday this week running events on that, on that race course. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, five days. And uh, that's, that's not something they've ever done. But they're able to do it because they had the foresight to build snowmaking. Uh, they had the, the basically the guts to say we're going to make this happen, and they have made a course where again there's no reason to expect there'd be a course. They have a race event, a race for elite skiers, and the event for other skiers, where there was no reason this winter to expect that. Uh, they've they've they moved a lot of snow, made a lot of snow, and we'll have a race this weekend. People will take it as they want. Uh, times are, are unimportant this year, so a lot of people just ski it for fun. Uh, the elite skiers will race it on Saturday, and it's going to be a, a great event with some, some wonderful top-notch skiers. And everybody who goes to Berkey is going to find a course that's going to be skiable. Uh, it's not a course we expected. It doesn't go finish on Main Street downtown Hayward, but it, uh, it has a 10K loop that we'll do various laps on. And uh, it will be a Berkey experience, and none like it. Uh, but we'll, we'll finish the winter this year, at least, uh, at least February. Uh, with an event that has always been there for 50 years now, and uh, we'll look forward to continuing with it, uh, hopefully down the road. Cool. Well, Mitch, thanks for taking the time. No problem.
Thanks for listening to If These Woods Could Talk, a production of Rhinelander District Library and part of the WXPR Community Podcast Project, an initiative to amplify community voices. For more community podcasts or for podcasts produced by WXPR, go to wxpr.org and look for a podcasts tab. Or just search for WXPR Public Radio anywhere you get podcasts. Also, a special thanks to the Old Pine Road Band for the musical theme. To learn how you can record your own story of the Northwoods, or to suggest a topic or storyteller, contact the library or check out the website at rhinelanderlibrary.org.